I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode. This is Kara. And this is Allison. And like you learned on our last episode, Allison is back in the studio. Super fancy. (laughs) Yes. Things are going well. We're pre-recording this because Kara has a little birthday coming up. She'll be gone next week. Yeah, I'll be out next week. But so actually, yeah, we did pre-record this. I guess if you're listening to this now, we've just filmed Threepa. We try to do our intros the same week as the episode comes out. And then we try to do our episodes a week and a half in advance just in case there's any hiccups and we needed to record. We're, what, like 10 days in advance. So I don't know if that's what we should be doing. Maybe we could just record on Mondays and post them on Fridays. But I think we like that wiggle room just in case. Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, I've been painting my house and it's been a mess. Margot has walked into every single wall. If you saw my Instagram, she's covered in paint. She's dipped her tail in the paint bucket. Like, oh my god, It's gosh. a nightmare. So yeah, she's kind of a hot mess. So hopefully today I will bathe her because we are <laughs> finally finishing our living room. And then we're done painting, which I'm so excited. I feel like once you get into a new space, like 
slapping a fresh coat of paint makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. It just feels cleaner. It smells cleaner. And I'm actually, I was literally wearing the sweatpants that you gave to me that you got paint on. No that way. You were give to Goodwill. And I was like, oh, wait, I want those sweatpants. They're cute. And you're like, well, there's paint on them. I'm like, I don't care. But now they're just covered. Because you're actually like, you had like one little, you know, scuff of paint on there. But I just, I s- stepped into a wall. My whole butt is covered in paint. Yeah, it's just... This makes so much sense for both of us because I'm so like (laughs) clean with things like that. And you're like so chaotic. Okay. When Karen and I were traveling one time, we had this tiny little area for our suitcases and (laughs) my suitcases, I I don't actually unpack when I'm on a trip. I take one thing out. Everything stays folded and perfect the entire time. And that's kind of how I live my life. Like if I use something, it goes away immediately. If I make a meal cleaned up immediately and sorry to like throw you under the bus and Kara's stuff is everywhere. (laughs) Like when you were going to Dubai and you came over to my place, your stuff is all over. I'm like, how do you even have this much stuff? That painting situation makes so much sense because I can paint, I could paint (laughs) in like a prom dress and not get one drop of paint on it. And I never use tape. I can freehand, no, no drips. I don't put, uh, what do you call it? Like the plastic down. I don't tape. Maybe it's because, you know, my art, my art major degree was worth it, but I just, I love painting. It's so yeah. methodical and easy, I guess, but it's just funny because <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all that it was a mess. <laughs> oh yeah, not at all. I gained a lot of appreciation for you and New Wave because you guys paint your showcase room a lot and you're always flipping the designs and I'm like, how does she do this? Like once a month, like this is so much work. I know. I think Go new wave. was it like the second episode or whatever that I was like, I've been painting for three days. Like it takes so long. I think people really underestimate. You're like, oh, we'll just slap a <laughs> coat of paint. And then it's like three coats later. Oh, now we have to get the top corners. Now we have the floorboards. Now we have this trim. It just, it's a lot. So I can't imagine how tired you are doing a whole house. I'm just so glad to be done. So <laughs> any, any new exciting updates with you? I had my first run outside on Saturday and it was so great. I don't know if anyone knows, but in high school, middle school, high school, college, like running has always been my thing. I was very good at cross country and track, like went to state, just running is how I clear my head. And I don't really like running on treadmills. It's just so boring and it goes so slow for me. So I have to like cover the screen with like a sweatshirt or something. And so finally it was nice enough on Saturday to run outside. I mean, I do get that I could run outside over the winter, but for some reason, the cold like really, really hurts my ears because I'm pushing myself so hard. So I'll get like banging headaches and super nauseous if I run outside in the winter. But yeah, I ran outside Saturday and it was a good push. There was a lot of hills and I am rejuvenated. I feel like I'm going to be running so much this spring. Last spring I did in April, I ran a hundred miles in a month. So I think I'm going to try to do that Maybe I should, it's March 1st, right? It's the first. Yeah. Shoot. Maybe I should do it this month. Try to get a hundred. It's, it averages out to 3.3 miles a day though. Like that's a lot. Wow. And if you skip a day, then you have to tack that on to a different day. Yeah. Do I want to do that? Well, maybe if anyone can do it, I know it's you. <laughs> maybe I'll do it in April again. It can be my April thing. Yeah. Cause then you know, it's actually going to be warm because March still has a few days where it's so cold. Yeah. Even today I had to frost my windshield. Yeah, we'll save that for April. Good thought. Thanks. (laughs) But I I do want to say, I love what you said about running. And I don't know if you realize this was a huge revelation, but like running on a treadmill is easier physically, but harder mentally. Running outside is harder physically, but easier mentally. 
That's so true. What the heck? Thank you. I know. I did was, you see that somewhere? Or did you no. like, were you running and you're like, wait a damn minute. Yes. That was exactly how it happened because I was feeling kind of physically tired and I only ran 4.65 miles Saturday. And usually that's like pretty easy for me. I don't even usually like break a sweat doing that. And I was like, how is this kind of hard for me right now? Like I've been training all winter long, like 4.6 miles. I should not be hurting. And I was like, no, they're harder in different ways because on the treadmill, you know, all you have to think about is that you're running. You can't really distract yourself. Sure. You can, you know, listen to music or whatever, but you're on the treadmill. There's no distraction. So that's why I think it's harder mentally, but easier physically because the, the treadmill is already going. You don't have to think about the physical part, but outside you have all these nice distractions. People are driving by. You can look at the houses. You can kind of look at other things that make the time pass quicker, but physically I'm like running over mud puddles. You're trying not to get hit by cars. You're trying not to get attacked by dogs. LOL. Too soon. Had to say <laughs> it. Uh, you've got hills and the elements, the wind, the sun, like it really is harder physically. So I don't think one is necessarily easier or harder than the other. It's just different. But yeah, yeah. I, somehow I've probably ran thousands and thousands of miles in my life. That was the first time I'd ever come to that conclusion. Dang. Well, I loved that. I was going to ask you, what's your favorite running shoe? Do you oh, have any recommendations? Bro oh, Brooks, all the way. Actually, if we're if we're really getting into it, running is a lot about the sock. So you need to get socks that don't have seams. So a lot of socks, you know, they have like that line kind of at the top of the toes. That's where you're going to get that those blisters points because it, you know, it's thicker on the seams. So you need to get seamless socks. That will help your feet so, so much. And they are, they're more expensive, like 10 to $15. And I have like 10 pairs, but I've had them for like five years and it will make such a difference. I don't even know what brands I recommend, but just go to the store and ask for the seamless sock section. And then Brooks are by far my favorite running shoes. They're, they have enough support, but they're light. I hate Adidas. They're way too heavy. Um, Nikes are too light with not enough support. And I feel like Brooks did a great job. I do wish that they could have a, a little cooler design aspects because they're not like that cute. Like I don't like wearing them, you know, out to brunch or something. So they're, they're really just for running, not for fashion. But, you know, if you're going to be running very long distances, it's far more important that your feet are supported and rather than looking cute. Yeah, I knew you'd have a good input there because... If you have the wrong running shoe, that's when you get shin splints. That's when you just give up and you're like, oh, I hate running. But I feel like the shoe really does make a difference. Agreed. Shoes and socks. Well, we'll, we'll stop our rambles here and get into our episode. All right. So we just finished our interview. I don't know. We can't even call it an interview. Our chatting catch up story time session with Reba and I had never met Reba. I've only ever followed her on Instagram and she is as funny on audio as she is on Instagram. So <laughs> we're like still laughing. It's not funnier. I mean, yeah, truly through my cackling throughout this episode, you'll hear, I could not stop laughing. Like she is so funny. And then before we got to the funny stories, just wise and so smart. And I don't know. I think she's really good at like reflecting on things where I feel like, I don't know. I think she has a really unique perspective on a lot of cool different topics and stuff. But yeah, I met Rebecca in Hawaii of January of 2019. So me and Jake Triplett, we had connected through a college videographers group. 
And then we had messaged like, we should do a trip to Hawaii, like get some cool video content, cool photo content. And let's just all invite one person. So Jake invited Rebecca, Rebecca invited Hannah, Hannah invited Elaine. Like this was like that one trip where we all invited one person. I invited Allison. Allison Mm. didn't come. I know. Which is so sad, but that's okay. Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) But yeah, we all invited one person. So Rebecca and I met on this trip in Hawaii. And truly am so lucky that I got to know her, got to meet her because she has been such a good friend, truly, like I've said, like a wise person who just offers a lot of cool thoughts and starts a lot of really great conversations on her Instagram. And that's why I wanted to have her on here because we're like, we know she's going to have some really interesting conversations with us. So yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. Okay, welcome, Reva. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you guys for starting this. This is something Kara's talked about doing for a long time. Um, it's so nice to meet you. Like, this is awesome. Also, the first podcast I've ever been on. So, yay! One of many to come. I feel like you're gonna. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I bought a podcasting mic during quarantine because it was one of the hobbies I was going to start, um, along with a sewing machine and. <laughs> a ton of yarn. (laughs) It's been almost a year and I just opened my microphone. So this is a good reason to start. Well, we're so excited to have you. Well, do you just want to give like a quick background, tell our listeners who you are, how we know each other? Just give us, yeah, your whole, all your info. Okay. I am from uh, Denver, Colorado, like a suburb outside of Denver and I'm 24. My name is Rebecca. Uh, my coach when I was 11 accidentally called me Reba and then it just stuck and it transferred over into other sports and then at school. So Reba was just a nickname given to me that I didn't fully accept until college. So a lot of people get confused about that, but I do like being called Reba or Rebecca, just never Becky. Um, Have I already said my age? I'm 24 and (laughs) there's, I feel like there's so much I could talk about myself um, with who I am, but I think like just the gist is that I I went to school, I have a degree and I can do many things and I just am not really sure what I want to do right now. So I spend a lot of time on <laughs> Instagram or figuring out what I want to do. Uh, my full-time job right now is a nanny. So that's really fun, something I've done for two years and I love it. However, it is like extreme birth control. And I feel like if I am a nanny any longer that I will just not want kids someday. So <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to explore getting into a different career path, but COVID. So no idea what I want to do. That's okay. You don't have to figure it all out yeah. at once. You've got a lot of time ahead of you. Well, what did you major in? Do you feel like that helped you at all? Well, I got a degree in finance and economics and a minor in psychology. And I love math. Like I was super excited about my degree. And then I got, I graduated in three years instead of four. And I did that because I knew I was going to take a year off to travel. So um, when I took the year off to travel, I went to 30 countries, a ton of states. I was on flight benefits through a friend who worked for United Airlines. So it was like I was flying to Singapore for $42 or, and I I went all over the world. So I got all this traveling in. And then after my year of my past writership was over, I was like, Oh God, what do I do now? Like I have this finance degree, 
but I don't want to go into corporate America yet. And then um, I kind of just did small side jobs, figuring out what I wanted to do. And also none of my friends had graduated yet because I had graduated a year early. So I felt like I wasn't behind and I just kind of did side jobs. And then I almost accidentally walked into this nannying job that was for a family with a kid who just got cast in a Netflix show as like a lead role. So <laughs> it, it was really you. cool. Um, it was a huge job. Like I, uh, when I got the job, they had a binder like this big of all of everything I had to do. So it was really intimidating at first. I got the hang of it, but the mom and the Netflix kid had to go film in LA for six months so I was in charge of her other two younger kids. And then the dad um, was also home too. And he, he worked full time. So it was weird, like doing a job where the mom was gone the, almost the whole time. And I was like almost playing like this mom role, but it gets weird, you know, like nannying is, it's super weird. So. And are you still yes. doing that? <laughs> yeah. So I had signed a contract with them for six months and it was. Uh, up in December of 2019. And then at the beginning of 2020, I was like, I've had this full-time job. I haven't had a weekend off in maybe six months. I'm going to go travel. I went all over. I went to Canada. I went to Mexico. I went to Thailand. And in Thailand, I was there kind of when um, coronavirus was becoming a thing. Like people were were um, messaging me like, aren't you scared? I don't think you should be going, but masks weren't a thing yet. So, and of course, like my approach to the whole thing was like, oh my gosh, get over it. It's not a big deal. And I, cause we had left February 18 of 2020 and came back like March five or something. And then like the world shut down March 14th or something like that. And so <laughs> when I came back, I, and the world shut down, I had done, I had finished traveling and then it was like, okay, what now? Like I was supposed to go get a real job. And I started to get phone calls from family. It's like, Hey, do you homeschool? And I was like, yeah, I could be a homeschool teacher. So then I became a homeschool <laughs> teacher <laughs> and, um, and it was like a nannying, like parent assistant and then homeschooling. And I, I taught, I've taught two five-year-olds how to read like really hard. I'm not going to ever be a teacher in my lifetime. I learned that. Um, and then that job has kind of, I've just, I've been doing that since. And it, I think like I talked to Kara about the podcast. I was like, well, we could talk about like identity, like having an identity crisis, not knowing what you want to do. And I could, I could preach to so many people about like, don't be worried about it. You'll figure it out. It's okay to not know. But then like internally, I also have that crisis all the time. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This feels weird. Like, am I a nanny or am I a finance person or am I an Instagrammer? I have no idea. So it's just where mm -hmm. I'm at. <laughs> I just feel like you're good at so many things, which is probably why you're struggling to pick one. Is it kind of like that? hundred percent. And my, my dad was like, Rebecca, I think you would be good at whatever you do. You should just put yourself out there and go try it. And a lot of the culture that we surround ourselves with are people online on social media. And you see all these really successful people doing their passion. And it's like, okay, if they can do it, so can I. And then um, I think like me 
looking on social media, all these people has, uh, I want to say like, I'm not affected, but it has affected me so much and being like, okay, who am I? Cause if they can do this, so can I, and then you get down to it and it's like, well, that's actually not really a viable option. Like I should probably just go get a job in corporate America and try it out at least for a year and learn this and like get on a stable salary, um, build credit so I can buy a house. Like it's, it's, it's been a weird identity crisis. <laughs> like, I played soccer in college, always knew who I was. Then I was the soccer girl. I was good at school. And then after college, I was the traveler and I would travel and not worry about money because I had saved money for traveling. And then I came home and I was like, okay, what now? So that's where I'm struggling the most and kind of like figuring out what I want to do and seeing that other people can be their own boss and make money doing their own thing. It's almost like unmotivating to go into corporate America. And I've talked to Kara about this too. Cause like, um, Kara and I, we met, let's see what, what year was that? 2019 in January by a group trip. We had mutual friends going to Hawaii and, Oh, you were on the Hawaii trip. Yes. See, that's I how still we, regret yeah. this. That, one of my biggest regrets was not going on that trip. Why did I not go? Wow. I, I had no reason not to go either. Because I, I feel like traveling was so abundant back then that yeah. it was just like, oh, there's other opportunities. People are always going here and there and there and there. Yeah. And now it's like, welcome to 2021. <laughs> yeah. <where> the last <laughs> time you traveled, it's like you can't do anything now. Definitely feel like I took traveling almost for granted. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Anyways, when I met Kara, we were both kind of talked about how like, yeah, we want to do the influencer thing. Uh, we acknowledge that it can be kind of cringy, but this is like my goal. This is what I want. And we both had similar aspirations for the online influence and seeing Kara be so, so successful on TikTok is like super motivating. And then I try not to reflect on myself, like why, what's wrong with me? Like I've tried so hard and Kara wrote me this message and said something so nice and true to me. She's like, there's this graph and you start up here and you are so optimistic. You have an idea and then it goes down and you kind of realize, okay, this is a lot of work and I don't know if I could do it. And you start to like lose uh, motivation and lose hope. But studies show, I don't know what these studies are, but I believe this graph. Um, <laughs> studies show that if you don't give up, like the people that don't give up and just keep going, they come up on this, on the other side of the graph and it's like, they come on up and they, they find themselves having so much success. So that's something that's been really inspiring seeing people like Kara on social media, um, just pushing for their dreams and like taking the time out of it. Like Carol will be like, you have to post a TikTok a day. Like you got a year to get in Reba, do it. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> I get, I could overshare on Instagram for 48 hours straight if I had to, but I'll look at a TikTok camera and be like, I have nothing to say. Wait, you I, and I are the no, same way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Instagram stories. I think it's cause we're so comfortable with it. Like I, yeah. I know the interface, like I know the lingo, I know how to use every feature and button. And then yeah. I go to TikTok and I'm like, this just feels like work more to where like on yeah. Instagram, it's just second nature. I, I realize like Instagram is maintaining a relationship you're constantly getting feedback and people are coming to stay tiktok you are trying to every video you make is trying to reach someone brand new so you're trying to hook them instead of like keep them there and because more people are on their for you page than they are on their mm. um on their like following, following page. page so your videos have to have a different vibe and like i'm trying to pull in a new audience all the time on instagram 
I'm trying to talk to the followers I already have and have them Mm -hmm. build a trust and be like, Hey, you Mm -hmm. should follow this person. So that's why it's easier for me on Instagram. I've realized way more relationship based, especially with feedback. Like the DMing is more consistent. TikTok is like, I've have never gotten a DM from a stranger ever. And on Instagram people, um, can write in the box and immediately respond if you have a question or take a poll. And TikTok has so many cool features, but I haven't found that one yet. And so that's why I find TikTok to be such a struggle. I feel like I have a lot of lot to say, but getting it into like a 15 or 60 second video to grab new audience is like so much pressure for me. I'm like, I don't know how to tell you to follow me. A lot of the people follow me because of something I posted about raccoons four years ago or (laughs) something like. Truly. I know. I feel like my favorite of your Instagram content is you're almost like an anti-influencer because you're like constantly (laughs) trolling influencers like while being an influencer. But it's like it works for you. It's like your brand. And I I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love it, too. I think like I used to have this weird. I hated the word influencer. And then I think after when I got to like 6,000 followers, I was like, fine, whatever. I influence people. Cause like I bought a juicer once and this girl was like, Hey, I saw you post about your juicer. So I bought one and I was like, you're right. I'm an influencer. Like I'm <laughs> <laughs> but I think I try to keep it so beyond just real. And I'm trying even now, like I'm trying to post without filters. So people are like, because people on TikTok are complaining that people on Instagram are so fake. So I'm like, F you guys, fine. I'll be really real on Instagram. No, I know yeah. it's true. I feel like being vulnerable is almost harder than being perfect because. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There is nothing perfect about my life at all. And it almost makes you feel like the imposter syndrome. Like it feels weird when you're trying to get people to have this relationship with you or like you on Instagram and then also be like, but what's so great about me? Because I'm just a regular human. And it's, it's this weird balance I'm trying to find um, by like using a lot of self-expression instead of self-promotion. Like Karen, and I also talked yeah. about this being someone that people want to be friends with as opposed to someone that people want to be. Oh my God. We forgot. That's what we should have said in the intro. That quote right there is like a huge pillar of how we started this podcast. Reba made, I don't know if you made it an Instagram caption or a story, but basically Reba said, I want to be someone that people see as a friend, not someone that they want to be. And Karen are like, that is exactly what we want the podcast to be. Because on Instagram, Mm -hmm. we've kind of had this like filtered life and we wanted the podcast to be the real raw vulnerable and I even owe it to this girl I think her name's Anna she had emailed me because I was just bored and I was like I wonder if people would email me because like we have our emails linked on Instagram so I posted a story like hey email me here's my email just to see what I would get this girl wrote me I started crying she wrote me like a four paragraph email about how she's followed a lot of influencers and how I'm someone that she wants to be friends with instead of wants to be and I was like this was one, probably the most life-changing things I've ever read and the biggest epiphany and the strongest motivator to be like, yes, this is who I am and this is what I want to be on Instagram or the internet, wherever I go. So I owe it to her and I give her credit. Wow. And I have goosebumps. I had tweeted something like, I've blocked my exes on all accounts. So if they want to talk to me, they can email me. <laughs> and... <laughs> And they did. They really did. It was so funny. So I know. 
Oh my gosh. Well, we can save that combo for when we have you back on the podcast. But I would love to talk about your Instagram stories, how you keep it real. If you don't follow Rebecca, by now you you should already have. But she has the most realist conversations. I don't know if you do it weekly or like, I don't know how often you do it. But you talk about plastic surgery and if people should disclose that they get plastic surgery. I don't know. You have like the realest conversations and that totally goes with your brand. Do you want to talk about any of those or like what's been your favorite or most controversial or? It's so funny because like the biggest critic in my DMs is my mom. And it's not like, hey, don't post this or that. (laughs) She'll just respond like, this is what I believe. And this is how I think. Like somebody asked me about abortion and I was like, okay, personally, I, no matter what, like the situation is, if I, if I got raped or if I accidentally got pregnant or whatever, like I would keep the baby. And I, but I said, I was not put on earth to tell other women what to do with their bodies. And my mom is pretty conservative and had responded like, well, I, you believe like that people could kill a baby. And I'm like, okay, mom, I'm number one, trying not to get canceled. Number two, grew up in a different generation (laughs) with you. And I really like, how can I be someone that preaches about like loving yourself and no one can tell you what to eat and also be someone that says like, okay, I now have say over what you do with your body. So I think like the best way to be on Instagram is open-minded, opinionated, and like very aware of how you, I guess, could come across and offend people while still like owning who you are, which is really hard to do. Yeah, it is. Like you can, I think it's important to say where you stand, but mm -hmm. not be like, but you have to stand exactly like how I'm doing. If you, if I want you to respect me and my values, I'm going to respect you and your values. Yeah. They don't have to be the same and that's okay. Yeah, completely. I feel like I've been talking about myself so much. Do you guys want to talk about you guys? No, that's why we have you on. You guys. <laughs> uh, where do you get your humor from? Because I feel like one of the things I first noticed about you is like, this girl's so funny, but it's very dry humor. Like your yeah. captions, I'm just like, how did she even think of that? Like, where does that come from? Is, did you, is your family funny? <laughs> I I seriously give all the credit to making a Tumblr in eighth grade. And like, if you had a Tumblr in your adolescent years, the original internet humor came from like Tumblr and Reddit. And I had this best friend. We would go on Tumblr at all of our sleepovers. Like we found it so funny. And that's when I was first exposed to like the dry humor. And as I got older and like Tumblr died, like I still go on it. And now Twitter, I find a lot of that same humor. My, I don't think my parents are that funny. It's just like, Your dad's funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not laughing, but (laughs) I like growing up, like when I would watch, when I would watch movies or shows when I was eight years old, I never was attracted to the hot guy. I was always attracted to the funny guy. And so this is so funny. Like then I always admired funny people. So humor became such like a, a goal for me and incorporated into my own being, I guess. And now I think like captions are the most important part of Instagram. They really, I'm, can I read some of them so people understand? Yeah. Okay. I have two pulled up. There's one of you and a dog the other day caption. Yes. I'll pet your dog. No, I won't follow its Instagram account. And it's like, yes, that's literally what everyone's thinking. No one wants to follow its dog's account. Like I don't care that much. It's cute, but okay. I know. here's another one. I don't have it in me to grind. Like, I'm sorry, but I was put on this earth to eat pad thai and play in the ocean. I literally die every time. (laughs) You guys are hilarious. There's this one caption I made. 
in 2018, I had just gone to Mexico and it was like talking about how like my trip was glamorous, like five star resort, um, kind of like this weird satirical, like I'm better than you because I went to this resort and life is so meaningful now that I've been there. (laughs) And oh my God, if I have to go find the caption, it will take me a little bit of a while. But then this guy I was talking to, he was like, he has the same humor as me, but he's like, people won't get that. And I don't think people get it. They probably just think you're condescending. And I'm like, are you serious? And so (laughs) that's when I do get um, people that like my captions. I see it as like, oh, this person has a sense of humor. Thank God I have quality followers, you know, (laughs) people don't get my captions. I like it's a shot to the heart. Like, get yourself educated. Get on Twitter and get get a sense of humor. I like that you put on your story a few like weeks ago. You're like, do I like? Do you guys like long captions or the short captions? And I messaged you. I'm like a mix of both because I love your humor, but you also have like that wise personality where you you spill the truth. And I'm like, I want some of the long captions where you talk about self love or like these random things. Like, I like the balance that you do. The mix of both is perfect. Well, thank you. You guys are so nice. This is like, I want to be on your podcast more because my ego is just like, (laughs) (laughs) should we talk about what you recently said about self-love? Because I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay. So for those of you who don't know my post about self-love, you need to open your phone right now and go follow me on Instagram. And then I will (laughs) tell you a little bit about what I said. I was reading this book or okay I was in Hobby Lobby and I saw this book at the (laughs) checkout counter of course that's like where they grab you with the candy for me it was this bright pink book and it said you're not enough and that's okay and I was like wow that's so true like I need to buy this book it was like on sale for three dollars or something should be on sale for 20 it was so it's really really important book I started reading it and then the first chapter she's like this self-love culture is so toxic we're all obsessed with ourselves like whether you're trying to give yourself self-love aesthetically whether that's like plastic surgery or getting your nails done I have my nails done too but or go to yoga like the bottom line is that people are all so focused on themselves and that like you are never ever going to be satisfied with like how well you make yourself and this is like especially with people who are on Instagram or any form of social media like they say oh I can't wait to get to 10k and then you get to 10k and it's not enough and like people are like Mm -hmm. oh I'll get to 1 million you get to 1 million it's not enough like you realize that there you will never ever be satisfied with like who you I guess how you how you measure yourself yeah and this was the best realization ever because once you realize like it'll never be enough then you can just enjoy the ride and say like I don't really care about the destination as long as I'm like love being who you are instead of like loving yourself you know so the post was about releasing that toxic culture of like um, thinking that you had to do so many things to yourself to love yourself and just kind of being like why don't you look at yourself and it's okay if you don't like parts of yourself as long as you're on the same side like being on the same team as yourself and I just wanted to get that message across to other people that especially this past year I've had the identity crisis I've had a lot of kind of like being upset with who I am and I'm like I am not happy this is it's and I see people say just love yourself and I'm like if only it were that easy I don't love every part of myself and I wanted it to be like it's okay to not love every part of yourself and to just kind of be like that's okay because I love being me and I like that I have the option to change and to get better 
and to, um, I feel like I'm butchering a lot of this, but no, you really did. Uh, it's just like, is getting Botox or going and spending $50 yeah. on a manicure every week? Is that really self-love or are you like masking yeah. your yeah. love for yourself? Yeah, for sure. And some girl sent me this message. It was so good. I want to read it to you guys. Your purpose in life is to not love yourself, but to love being yourself. If your goal is to love yourself, then your focus is directed inward toward yourself. And you end up constantly watching yourself from the outside, disconnected, trying to summon the correct feelings towards yourself or fashion yourself into something you cannot approve of. If your goal is to love being yourself, then your focus is directed outward towards life, living and making decisions based on what brings you pleasure and fulfillment. Be the subject, not the object. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. You are experiencing life. Life is not experiencing you. Wow. Somebody also sent me another quote like a day ago and they're like, it's not where life takes you. It's where you take life. And so a lot of my self-love mm. energy is all about like, you're the main character, release expectation and just like love being you. Absolutely. I think people yeah. definitely get too hung up on the end result. And mm -hmm. if you think about any project, idea, task, business thing, anything, the result is like 1% of the entire journey. Yeah. And so if you're only trying to get joy from that tiny 1% at the end, you're just wasting the 99% other part. And then what happens? Like you just said, once you get that, the 10,000 yeah. followers, you, you open the business, whatever, yeah. and you're just going to want something else. So exactly, you it'll never be enough. And mm -hmm. I bet when you guys were young, you probably thought about like, Oh, I'll get to high school and I'll go to prom and I'll be beautiful or I'll have the boyfriend. And then it's in high school, I'll go to college and I'll, I'll do this. And then be this way. And then it's like, when you're in college, you're like, okay, and I'll have a real job and I'll have money and I'll buy a house. And then you're out of college and you're like, okay, when I, when I do this and that, I'll be happy. And you think about like how you're always looking forward for the future. And I, I hate when people are like, live in the moment. Cause I'm like, no shit. We're all trying to live in this moment. It is so hard. But if you look, if you release the expectation, like you said, the 1% results, then you can kind of be like, this is all part of the plan. Mm -hmm. This is, there's ways to be happy and enjoy like the whole process of it instead of like always thinking like I have to get somewhere to be happy because right now, 24 years old, sitting in the spot, my eight year old self was probably looking at being like, I can't wait till I'm 24. Now I'm sitting here like I can't wait till I have life figured out. We're never going to have it figured out. Yeah. And so. that reminds me of another caption I made too about happiness, that happiness isn't really something that you can achieve. Like happiness is actually the result of other emotions. So like if you go to the gym and then you're, you're, you know, satisfied with your workout that can make you happy. If you go on this mm -hmm. vacation and it's so inspiring and whatever that can make you happy. So yeah. really happiness is just the result of other emotions. Mm -hmm. So you can't strive for happiness without striving for something else in the process. Yeah. Uh, this guy in college I was friends with, he was like, I don't believe in happiness, but I do believe in joy. And mm -hmm. me being like, okay, what? That's weird. And then I realized like the feeling of joy is almost so much better than the feeling of happy. And if you're like doing things to look for like that feeling of joy, it's, it's feels more consistent than having like an end result of happiness. A fleeting happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. But I do believe in happiness or joy. I don't know. My, I was talking to Kara, my, my podcast name that was my Tumblr username when I was, I don't know, in eighth grade was, well, first it was Glitter Love Lip Gloss. Thank God I changed that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it was in eighth grade. Like what? I don't know. And then I changed it to My Taste of Happiness. And I'm like, I don't know if I absolutely love the name, but I 
the name means so much to me, even though I don't know if I would like lead a podcast that's like do this to be happy because I don't believe that. I think like, but I, I feel like if you were to listen to my podcast and then you would find yourself happy, then that's where the name fits in. My taste of happiness. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. Well, thanks. It's catchy, but this is the first time I've opened my podcast mic. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we can figure it out. <laughs> I know. I like that you guys have a podcast together. I haven't listened to a ton of solo podcasts, but I think like it's almost vital that you need another person or two to talk about or talk within a podcast or else it's kind of like you're not getting feedback. You're not bouncing ideas off of each other. Absolutely. Unless you're telling a specific story. Every time an idea is introduced to a new mind, it gets better. Mm -hmm. And that's like so true with anything, no matter Mm -hmm. what it is. And so you know, if you're just talking along in the podcast, then you say something and then Kara says something. It's like, oh yeah. yes. Like you just leveled it up every single time. Yeah, completely. I think like spending time with other people or picking their brains is also how we form our own thoughts about things. And once again, why I like Instagram, because I can ask a question and get feedback and be like, huh, that's what this person thinks. There was someone in college that was like, you need, who are you? Like, you can't just be a product of your environment. And I'm like, okay, but we are products of what everyone talks about with us because you're constantly like hearing ideas and changing and forming what you believe about it. But you need to search for that outside voice to learn. Allison, have you been to parts of Asia or to the other side of the earth at all? No, the farthest I went was Morocco. But you have traveled a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at I, 28. Wow. Well, I was in a corporate <laughs> America interview and it was like a couple of weeks ago and they're like, so tell, they do the whole, tell me about yourself. What have you done? And like, I haven't had, um, like the most stable job was be, would be the nannying job. But I also talked so much about how I traveled and how that should be like something you can put on your resume because like I grew up with people that drove Range Rovers and G wagons to school. And when they crashed them, they went back to their Range Rover and never really saw the world. And so when you're, when you have traveled, you realize like kind of like how small you are and how mm-hmm. big the world is and how blessed you are, privileged you are to live in the in the U.S. So I definitely feel like a huge part of my self-development was being able to travel and see other cultures. That's so I funny that, that you said it should be on a resume because no joke, go to my website right now, click resume yeah. on my eight and a half by 11 PDF. There's a yeah. section countries I've traveled to and I have them all listed out. I mean, I never, I don't apply for jobs because I'm self-employed, but I've had it on there forever because seriously, if you're looking at someone's application, you're like, oh my God, that shows that they've, you know, saved money to get to those places. They can take care of themselves. They're, you know, experience different cultures. They have different perspectives. Oh, all of that. I, I hate that culture, how they're like, they're the, the boomer hating culture. Not all of them are like this, but they're like, don't travel, like go get a job join society sort of thing. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you spending your money like this? And their generation grew up being like, okay, we're going to spend our money on a nice piece of furniture for a house. Whereas like our generation is like, okay, I'm going to go to Hawaii and then I'm going to go to Morocco and then I'm going to go to Thailand. And that's how we spend our money. And I think like the experience you get from traveling versus a piece of furniture. A couch. Is, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, why can't we put that on our, on our resume? And why, why does traveling have to be looked at as like a, oh, they're just frolicking around. Like they don't live in the real world. It's like, I absolutely live in a realer world than you. 
when yeah, I'm my world single. is a lot bigger than your world, actually. Yeah. yeah. And in the interview, he was like, well, so what did you learn? I'm like, okay, well, I was a 22 year old woman traveling to India alone and managed to not die and figured out <laughs> where to stay and all this stuff. And it's like people who have traveled, I've, well, I respect everyone, but I have so much, I guess, more respect and in awe for people that who have like gone around the world and figured it out. It's hard because a lot of those countries, they don't speak English. Like oh. in Vietnam once I was like, can I have a iced coffee and they brought me a mug with an egg in it (laughs) you should use that for your next caption and in the same country you guys i took my friends on the wrong ferry to the wrong island in vietnam we almost we basically went to a uh, island off of china on accident and there wasn't another ferry (laughs) off the island oh so it's like yeah i'm I put that on my resume. And you like, learn critical thinking. You learn to think on your feet. You learn to just like stop talking and listen because sometimes you just need to observe your surroundings. Like I feel like you learn a lot of practical things from traveling. Of course. Or like how to communicate with someone who does not speak English. Me and Connor had a layover in China on our way to Bali for a day. It was like a literally 23 hour layover. And we're like, let's go out and explore. Like, And it was Xiamen, China, not like Beijing, Xiamen. It's a very small area. And we got in a taxi. The guy did not speak any English. So we like wrote down where we wanted to go. And he, we like got out 20 minutes later. And we're just like in the wrong part of town. Like he didn't speak a lick of English. I'm like, oh, what do we do now? We are not in the right place. <laughs> like, like it's crazy. It's such a humbling experience. I know. We're like, I got really sick. I've gotten sick twice in Asia, two years in a row. And each time it's the same sickness. And like, they don't, I don't know if they have a name for it. I, I've called it Thai tummy. I've called it Bali belly. Like it's bad. <laughs> and um, it's funny because you'll go to the pharmacies. And if you're, if you haven't been to Asia, you can go into a pharmacy. It's like, walking into, it looks like you're walking into almost a smoke shop and you can ask for whatever you want. But the thing is, everything's in Thai, obviously. So it's all this different language. And then the people that work there, they know some English words. It depends on what part of town you're in, but you have to kind of describe your symptoms to this person at the counter. So I'm like trying to describe like shitting, shitting, and like throwing up, throwing up. (laughs) And like trying to like describe your your symptoms it's so humbling it's hilarious and they're like oh okay take this because you're like <laughs> like I think I even one time like googled a picture of diarrhea because I was like help <laughs> sorry guys I <laughs> I think I told Instagram my story about like I've got I almost like thought I had to get emergency flown to a hospital in Malaysia that's how bad this sickness was I was hallucinating I was on the on all fours having an exorcism out of both ends this was like right after I graduated college I went to uh, a Southeast Asia trip with my best friend and she just graduated nursing school thank god so she knew like some of what to do basically just like yeah hydrate (laughs) so so I get really sick in the Philippines um And we had heard that this little bug was going around, like it's a 24 hour, like I think it's food poisoning or don't drink the water. And I'm looking at everyone like you guys are pussies. Like, of course, I'm not going to drink the water, the tap water in the Philippines. Like we don't even have paved roads here. I'm not going to drink the tap water. (laughs) And I'm like looking down on everyone. Like I have a strong immune system. And 
Then I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm like, oh, I don't feel so good. I go straight to the bathroom. I start throwing up. As I'm throwing up, I'm like, oh my God, I I just pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I undress and let it be known that in Asia, they give you a towel that is the size of your your face cloth. Like it is, they are small people in Asia. I am a Dutch girl. I am, a, <laughs> I am a larger human in general. And I have like a, a face like hand cloth and I'm, and well, this is the best part though, is that they don't have dividers between the shower and the toilet. So I'm like, all right, turn the shower on, put my head in the toilet. I'm like trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to like go into the shower and the back end. <laughs> and so I'm like I'm also screaming for Hannah and I'm like Hannah <laughs> and she sleeps with earplugs in because she's like I hate the chickens the roosters and she has like a huge fear of of bugs entering her ears so I, I've been best friends with her for years like I know she sleeps with earplugs so I'm like banging on the wall like Hannah help <laughs> and I call my dad and it's like 4 a.m. Filipino time. I don't, it's a different day in the U.S. And I'm like, my dad's a doctor. So I'm like, dad, I'm dying. And he's like trying to see if I'm serious or not. And I'm telling him his symptoms. And he calls his his friends, his doctor friends in Malaysia. And he's like trying to see if they can actually like fly someone to get me. And I'm like, dad, I can't even stand up like without shitting myself. There's no way I'm getting on a flight. <laughs> so finally, Hannah gets up. And of course, we're out of toilet paper. So she... <gasps> She runs to the hustle next door to get toilet paper, trips and falls, cuts her toe open, comes back with the toilet paper, thank God. And then um, I had to use like a bed sheet. I was shaking cold and sick and just like I started hallucinating and it was so bad. Um, I finally did get better. I had she was able to go find medicine and it was like the weirdest thing, guys. It was a did you ever watch Atlantis and they had those necklaces with the crystal the white crystal around the neck. Okay. Imagine this, like a white crystal tube and it's like a vessel. Like, this is some, like, this is like what a gypsy would give me, like Esma from, um, Esme from, what is it? Emperor's New Groove. They give me a, a potion. <laughs> they're, like, drink, they're like, drink this. And I'm like, what's in it? They're like, just drink it. I'm like, oh my God, what am I taking? Like, is this going to even help or make it worse? <laughs> well, it's, I guess it's supposed to like stop you from like, having your exorcism like it's supposed to plug you up (laughs) stops the demons (laughs) yeah I drink it and like the worst part about this whole thing was is that the next day we had to get on a five hour um you get in a van a five hour van ride back to the airport and it's temple run roads so it's not like a highway. It's like you're going curving back and forth every second. Um, no one speaks English. The air conditioning may or may not work. And of course, the person in our van ride um, had tuberculosis, cough. Like I'm sure he had TB. So <laughs> I'm just trying not to like tell the van rider, the van driver to pull over every five seconds so I could throw up. Thank God I made it. And I was like, next time I'll be so prepared. And then a year later, I got the same thing. And that's no all. That's way. A, yeah. So I was so prepared. I brought two of my friends to Thailand the next year and I had brought all of this medicine. And this is important because I later in the story get arrested in Singapore for having my medicine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is my life? So, <laughs> sorry. I, so I'm in, I 
of course, this is why I think I get sick is because I want to eat the vegetables because I'm like, I'm healthy. I need fiber. I love this dish in Thailand. That's this. It's called morning glory. Um, it's these green vegetables. I'm just obsessed with them and the sauce they cook them in. But of course, I don't think they wash their vegetables enough. So that's when I get sick. And I, um, I got sick again in Thailand, the same thing. And I even knew that it would go away this time, but still it felt like I was dying and I had to wake up. My friends were in the same hostel room as me and I'm screaming for them and somehow they're sleeping through it. It's like a curse. I'm like, I am being so loud right now. (laughs) So my, my blonde friend, and I say blonde because she is like your stereotypical, like Valley girl, almost very, like like the first time she ordered in in thailand she said no olives i'm like you can't customize your orders here i don't understand like <laughs> yeah like you're trying to do hand signs and order a water and she's like making yeah. specifications yeah, she's like i'll have this but no raisins no olives like on this weird fried rice thing and i'm like alex they don't understand a thing you're saying to you sorry alex there's three under the bus but so i wake her up and I'm she's like I'm the responsible one she's never been to Asia and I'm like you need to go to a pharmacy and get me this medicine like I I knew the name of it and I'm like please I am dying but like I'm screaming this I'm not talking calmly and she's like okay fine and I'm like and buy me 17 waters like you have to drink a lot of fluid and she figures it out thank god and the next day we wake up and we have an excursion to this really famous island, Rayleigh Beach, Riley Beach. And I really want to go because it's famous, like James Bond or whatever. Things were filmed there and you can only get there by taxi boat. And it's only a 20 minute boat ride. And we get up and we're walking to the beach and I step down the stairs to get on the sand and I fart. And I'm like, <laughs> oh God, like that, <laughs> that was not just a fart. That was and a wet so one. I to, yeah, I have to. I had to get into the ocean at 7 a.m. and like wash myself while I have fellow tourists on the tourist boat waiting for me. (laughs) So it's like, so we get to the island and I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be one of those days. I'll just sit in the shade and drink water and sleep. And I start, I'm like, not okay. So I, and it's hot and humid in Asia in Thailand and so I go to this I sneak onto a resort because I'm like okay they have a pool and they have those cot chairs you can sleep on and like in Thailand you don't well when you're backpacking in Thailand you don't see a ton of resorts you see a lot of hostels and like this beach had a resort so I'm like I'm going to the resort and I'm gonna get on a cot so I go there and I pass out and I'm like if somebody tells me to move, I will, I will cut their throat. I cannot move right now. I'm going to die. <laughs> and it's, I get so hot that I like go tell a worker that I need to go sit in an air conditioned room because I'm pregnant. Like I didn't know what else to say. I was in fight or flight mode. And I, this, I feel so bad, but I was like, I was not going to survive. So <laughs> luckily my friends text me cause there's like Wi-Fi. some, like I have Wi-Fi from the store. They have Wi-Fi from somewhere. And they're like, uh, on the other side of this Island, there's this penis beach. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we're here. Come. It's really pretty. There's a lot of shade. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that I have to leave right now and walk through monkey forest guys. Like there's actually on the walk, there's this monkey forest and I hate monkeys so much. <laughs> Carrie, you've been to Bali. The monkeys are insane. They're so scary. And in Bali, I watched this woman get attacked and she was screaming for me. She goes, don't leave me. Help me. And I, of course I left her. So So you're like, my karma is coming for me when I go through this. (laughs) Yes. It is a known fact that like 
I hate monkeys. My friends hate monkeys. Like if you've been to Asia, the monkeys are, they are like when the devil doesn't work, God sends you monkeys. (laughs) I saw a little kid get attacked, like full on, like it bit his arm. And then like they all didn't know what to do because they're like, does this have rabies? (laughs) I know. And when I was in Bali, a a monkey was on me. I wanted the Instagram picture. I was like, F it. I will get an Instagram picture with a monkey and then I will, I will leave this place. We were at the excursion for 10 minutes. I got my picture. I was out. So while the monkey's sitting on me, the big daddy monkey is mad. And this is what they're known to do. Like they claim their spot. So the big daddy monkey jumps and lands on me and shoves the other monkey off. So there's monkey warfare on my shoulders. And I'm like, did you get the pic? Did you get the pic? And so I'm like, I get the picture. I'm like, let's get out and we're trying not to run and that's when the other lady was like my my girlfriend was too scared to come in so I'm here alone can I hang with you guys and I'm like this is Australian woman and I'm like uh okay yeah sure and she starts getting attacked and I'm like I don't know what to do right now I cannot help you there is no worker in sight anyways back to the story I I am so sick and I have to walk through monkey jungle to get to penis beach and (laughs) to be with my friends. And it's called penis beach because, um, their culture, one of the religions there, they have like this cave on the beach of all these penis shrines to like honor it. So I I know that sounds like explicit, but it really was just a part of their culture. (sighs) What was I going to say? So I'm walking through and I'm so scared and I'm so sick and I'm trying not to like throw up or poop my pants again and there's monkeys and I'm looking down and it's like literally my version of hell and I get to the beach and I can't even stay awake I just pass out and I'm on this like little small square of shade and every time the sun moves and the shade moves I like move my towel over (laughs) and the only thing I could eat in like 48 hours was a bag of Lay's chips and I don't know why but I just I tend to get sick in Asia and I always think I'll be prepared but it's always me. Oh, yeah. And then the medicine to the Singapore. But I, I'm taking a lot of time. I'm really sorry. Because yeah. like we said on Instagram, you have the monkey photo. So you have to come to the podcast yeah. to say how you got attacked by the monkey. The real deal. Yes. Oh, my God. Awful. <laughs> Every single excursion in Asia is like, you'll see monkeys. And I'm like, not going. I don't like it. You're like, actually, one star. <laughs> I'm not going to come down. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, now it's like the elephants because it's like, oh, I'm not going to go on another elephant excursion because I got freaking stepped on by an elephant. Wait, Maybe that was you with the toe that you broke your toe yes. with the elephant? Yes. You should tell that story because I remember okay. you sharing something about it. Okay. So for the listeners, just to get the timeline straight, I went to Thailand, the Philippines, Vietnam, Bali all in 2018 and I've been to Bali three times now I think anyways then a year later I go to Thailand with my best friends a different group of friends so I've been to the excursion twice and the second time I went I was in a small town in northern Thailand so it's away from the ocean and you go by the way like I have to say so I don't get canceled yes it was an elephant sanctuary we were not riding elephants they were saved elephants um, rescued or whatever and if you do go travel to an elephant excursion you need to make sure it's at a sanctuary because they really do torture elephants in Southeast Asia you need to be careful anyways we take a we get picked up in Chiang Mai in a truck and they put us in the back there's like barely a roof and they're like yep we're gonna go to the elephants now a two-hour ride to the elephants in the back of someone's pickup truck on a highway and so we get, we get to the elephants and 
I say two hours because you need to note that we are two hours away from an airport, two hours away from a hospital. And I tell my friends, I'm like, I will feed the elephants. I will get good pictures. I brought my new camera and I'll pet the elephants, but I'm not going to get in the mud with the elephants just because something doesn't sit right with me about um, a giant four ton being in the mud and me, if I had to run away, I cannot run in mud and it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> like it doesn't sit right with me. And I told my friends this from day one, like I'll do everything. I just won't get in the mud. I'll, I'll take your guys' pictures. Don't worry. You'll get your Instagram photos. So the mud time comes and I'm like, all right, click, click, clicking away, like getting really good photos. And they're like, Breathe, just come in for one picture, like just one picture with uh, so we'll do group photo. Like, come on. It's the biggest elephant. He's so cool. It'll be a good photo. And I'm like, all right, fine. Like put my, put my camera down. And I go in there and of course, like I have to get a good photo. So I'm like, let me, let me hold the trunk and I'm not scared. And I'm like right next to it on my good side. Like the elephant is on the right. I'm on the left. Like I'm on my good side. And then I just feel, oh my God, the weight of the world is on my foot. I look down and it's on my foot and I'm like, what? I'm in shock. Like it didn't even hurt that bad because I'm in shock. And in my head, I'm like, I didn't sign a waiver. I didn't sign a waiver. And, <laughs> and so I'm like trying to form words thinking like, do I scream or do I yell? And I'm like, it's on my foot. It's on my foot. So, so casual, the Thai elephant guy, by the way, like elephants have a trainer for life. Like they, they don't, it's really bad if uh, the trainer leaves elephants. So like elephants live for I don't know how long I think like 60 70 years they have a trainer with them for life so this trainer guy who's in charge of four ton daddy elephant by the way it is the dad elephant of the sanctuary of five elephants biggest one he just like casually pokes the foot and it lifts up and I look down and I'm like I just got effing stepped on by the four ton effing daddy elephant and I'm like first first reaction is like can I walk because you know how like Whenever you're like, can you move your fingers? Like if you jam it and you think you broke your finger in basketball, I'm like, okay, can I walk? Like, can I put weight on this? I have five days left in Thailand and I have to make a 36 hour journey home with a backpack that's the size of myself. So I like immediately walk out and my, my best friends are standing there looking at me like, like eyes wide open, jaws dropped, like <laughs> what just happened? What is going to happen? They're like waiting to see what I do. And like tears are welling in my eyes, mainly because I'm just scared. Cause I'm like, did I just like break my foot in Thailand? And I'm two hours away from any sort of doctor. And, um, will I have to get an emergency flight somewhere? Because the year prior, my brother broke his leg on the beach in Jamaica and had to get emergency flown 18 grand flight to Florida <sighs> for surgery. So I was freaking out and I do, I realized I can put weight on my foot and like the head, one of the head excursion guys whose tie is like, okay, come here. I have, a, I have first aid. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? Put a bandaid on it. And you can see, by the way, like right after it stepped on me, my foot just swell up like a hot air balloon, like being filled with, um, being, yeah. It I was remember just, I've seen the photo that you posted. It was bad. Yeah. Didn't you post a photo and, of it? Oh, I have so many yeah, photos yeah, okay. of it because I'm like, this is great content. I don't care if I'm dying. <laughs> and so, so he pulls over this Tupperware box and he pulls out um, this balm. And it's like, of course I recognize it. They try to sell you this shit everywhere in Asia. It's tiger balm. It's like icy hot. And they think like they've made some. It's like the cure-all. 
yeah the cure the elixir this perfect i'm like it's icy hot and it's not gonna help so he starts rubbing the icy hot on my foot telling me that this happens all the time and i'm like really but i I, i'm like that doesn't make me feel better and he's like so he's telling me that when i know we're not doing video but i'm gonna try to explain it when an elephant an elephant has nails and when it steps it scrapes forward kind of like cupping um like cupping as it's leg down so the nails will actually grind against the bottom of the ground it's walking on so a lot of people that get stepped on actually get their skin ripped off so I'm like okay that's a plus my skin's not ripped off but I had a few cuts from the nails but it missed it and it also missed my big toe so it was just the other four that got stepped on (laughs) so I'm like okay well I can walk and it's just purple and I'm not having I don't have skin ripped off I guess I'm okay and uh I just we only had five days left and like later that day it swelled up it kind of hurt to put in my shoe but I was kind of just like I I have no choice but to just kind of tough it out and like I I knew like if toes are broken then you can't really do anything about it anyway and I didn't have travel insurance and I was like there's no way I'm going to spend more than $20 on my foot right now so I just tough it out I get back to the U.S. and I call my doctor and I'm like, Hey, I got stepped on my elephant. I need an x-ray. And they're like, well, you have to go into your regular doctor first to be like approved to get an x-ray. And I'm like, okay, so I have photos and videos. Like, like I'm I certain. got stepped on my <laughs> yeah. elephant. And they took the x-rays and nothing was broken. And Shut they up. said it was a miracle because you were in the mud. Like, because I was in the mud, it just shoved down. If I was on flat ground, I probably would have had a shattered foot. So yeah, I think wow. like just Thai animals in general, monkeys, elephants. Yeah, like people now, if anyone were to get me something with an elephant on it, like I won't use it. (laughs) (laughs) So if you hate Reba, send her a little care package in the mail with monkeys Uh, and elephants. I've also like never, like that Ivory Ella, remember that brand? Yes, in college. I always thought it was like cringy and like, or like the, I don't know what to call it, like the Bali pants with the elephants on it. Like it's just not ever been my thing and this just proves it. Like I will never own anything with an elephant on it. I feel like when we talked to a Sierra about this on our RST, like the travel horror stories, I feel yeah. like we've all had so many, but it still doesn't deter me from wanting to travel at 1%. Does oh, it for you? I know. People are like, you want to move to Thailand? Because I was supposed to move to Thailand this March. <laughs> After I say those stories, I'm like, yeah, I don't care if I got sick or stepped on by an elephant or attacked by a monkey. Like, of course I want to live there. Do it again. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, that's what I was thinking about for TikTok. I was texting Kara. I'm like, I think what I have is a lot of good travel stories. I could do that. You know, like I've been in a hurricane in Mexico. I've, my brother broke his leg on the beach in Jamaica after I told him to do a handstand. Like I broke my dad's nose rafting in Costa Rica. <laughs> like I have all the Thailand getting six stories. I got arrested in Singapore. Like I have all these stories. I should just tell them. And funny things happen to my family when we travel. It's just, I think our thing, but still I would the first thing I want to do when pandemic over is travel. Like I just, it's become like a part of who I am. (laughs) I have to get out. And I've been feeling this, like I need to flee. I need to run away. And I don't even have the option to flee and cope by traveling now because of the pandemic. So that's definitely going into how hard life has been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I agree that traveling is the number one thing I miss too. And so that's a good example of like, everyone's pain is different. Like for some people, 
them not being able to see their friends or go to concerts or whatever mm-hmm. it is, we've all had a huge part of us taken away. And, yeah. you know, for some artists not being able to perform on stage is the same as mm-hmm. us not being able to go take a yeah. backpack and fly across the world. I It's feeling so trapped. And I know that, like, whatever age you're in right now, like, you're your problems are with the pandemic, like your struggles are um, like, they can't be compared. For example, like people in who are older struggle with like being at higher risk for the virus. And then people in their twenties are complaining like, well, yeah, I'm missing prime years of my life. And for especially people that are like, okay, I'm out of college and I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to make friends. And I'm a nanny. I don't have coworkers. So it's super isolating to be like, okay, I can't go to a bar and meet people. I can't go to an event, like a sporting event. I can't go to a concert. I can't, I feel like robbed of that time in your twenties when you're supposed to like meet people or meet uh, potential suitors or just be able to kind of like go be in your twenties, you know? And I know like there's people missing out on prom who will never be able to go to prom and like high school's huge too. I feel so bad for everyone. It's kind of like no one can really compare like whose time has been worse in the pandemic, <laughs> but I definitely feel super robbed of, of my time. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I sometimes wish life was different, but I'll just, it just makes you appreciate like all the things that you've missed and that you won't take for granted going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any like last final thoughts you want to give? And then we'll ask you our final question and then we can kind of like wrap up. Yeah. Um, I In the outline, we talked about quotes you live by. And I think like people look to influencers for advice and it's really easy to give advice. But also I think the best way to take advice from an influencer is to also realize that they're human too. And they're also trying to figure it out. So if there's anything you can learn from me is that, um, you know, the universe does have your back. Like things are going to work out no matter what. And my mom has always said to me a couple of things growing up, like, uh, you're doing nothing wrong. Your only job in life is to play and just like be a child and just, do life like you don't have to be a certain way and I think if I could give any message to somebody it would be that message and also with the disclaimer that like I'm right there with you and figuring it out too and I don't have it nailed down so yeah I guess that's my last words to say I could talk all day about traveling with you guys yeah well we'll definitely have you back on that's for sure thank you guys so much for having me on well we should ask you our last question that we always ask our guests to you what does it mean to be a good friend okay um I did see that and I was like I should think about my answer (laughs) (laughs) I think being a good friend is all about honesty and acceptance Um, holding space for people when they're at their worst or their best and just looking at someone kind of like how I view like a God's love, like God looks at you and you can do nothing wrong. And he'll be like, I love you. It doesn't matter. And you could be like, okay, well I stole. And he's like, I love you. And, or like I cheated on you. And he's like, I love you. I think like friendship is really important to practice unconditional love People always think unconditional love is with um, usually just a partner, but with friends, it's with all your friends. Like look at people and say, um, I hold space for you and I'm here for you no matter what. Yeah. Like like we'll go through it all. So I think that's part of being a good friend is accepting open-mindedness and unconditional love. (laughs) 
That's great. Go ahead and plug your socials. Where can people find you? Oh, yeah, I will. Um, Instagram is where I do my main oversharing, which is just at Rebecca Pausma. <laughs> I'm going to spell it for you because if you don't follow me, you're fake. But it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-P-O-U-S-M as in Mary A. Like I'm on the phone with somebody, customer service. That's my you can find me there and find me through other things with that at name. Um, but I was going to say throughout all my stories, I'm just like, what is Richard thinking of me? <laughs> <Is that it? laughs> he laughed. Like, oh, he laughed. Okay. So my hands no, are sweating for no, no oh, laughed. he laughed. He laughed. <laughs> I'm like, amazing. Wait, isn't that the craziest thing about podcasting though? Is like when you have someone in the room, you can like be self-conscious, but meanwhile, thousands of people are going to be listening to this and you're not thinking yeah. about them in any no. way. <laughs> I'm just worried about what Richard thinks of me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Reva. Of course. I love you guys. And I hope to be back on soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.